0: Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. Good morning, Global Church and friends of Global. I mean, every day is a great day. If you choose for it to be a great day, it's not that bad things won't happen on your great day, but when you choose for it to be a great day, you know what? Your perspective will carry you through. Your perspective will give you a greater energy to overcome whatever's coming at you. And you're going to need that. We've got to change the way we think if we're going to move forward and progress in faith. We have to change. We we cannot sit back. Even the Apostle Paul, the great Apostle said, Check yourself, test yourself to see if you're still in the faith. Because faith is not a dormant thing. It's a living, th- a living thing that we exercise every day. Like going to the gym, you exercise your muscles. And the muscle of faith needs to be exercised every day. And then it grows. And it becomes more powerful in your life. And you see more great things happening around you. And so I want to encourage you with that. Um, last week, we looked at it's a new season. It's a new day we're carrying on that theme. And it's a great story. And it's a movement of of power and direction from two amazing leaders uh, in, in the Old Testament. Moses, the great leader who parted the sea so that two million people walked through on dry land. Do you know something? When he got to the Red Sea, the Egyptians were behind them, ready to kill them. Even the Israelites were ready to kill Moses because they're like, you've brought us out here to die. And they thought of killing him. Moses is a man on his own. That's how it feels sometimes in leadership. But you know, Moses turned to God. And as he starts to bumble about with God, God speaks to him and he says, Quit praying, quick march. That's the living Bible translation. Quit praying, quick march. And that's a message, I believe, for so many people in churches throughout this world. When they don't know what to do, they keep going back to prayer. And I want to change that and say, think like a leader. That's what God was saying to Moses. Stop praying. Quick march. Do what you know to do. And God will start to move on what you've done. God had to say to Gideon, go in the strength that you have. Not in the weakness that you have. Go in the strength that you have. This is fighting talk. (laughs) But we're going to need it because we're moving out of our positions. You remember last week when I read from Joshua chapter three, keep your eyes on the Ark of the Covenant, God's presence. Keep your eyes on God. In the New Testament, it says this, fix your eyes upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. And so we've got to fix our eyes on God. And it says, Joshua had to say to the people, move out of your positions. And you know, they had been stuck for too long as a, as a nation. They were stuck in Egypt. And, and Moses, had to, God had to raise up Moses to, to get them out of their stuck position and, and mobilize them again. And maybe today you know you are stuck. You are settled in your job, with your family, with, with your routines, and you are stuck. And I'm here to be an alarm clock, and I'm here to be a disturber of your peace, Because I believe that God is a God of rock and roll. He shakes my nerves and he rattles my brains. Why? Because Isaiah 55 says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, says the Lord. And when our thoughts are not his thoughts, we're in trouble. We're out of sync. But when our thoughts, or let me put it a better way, when his thoughts become our thoughts, when we get what he's saying and how we're supposed to think and believe, then as we move, We will be unstoppable. Joshua chapter one, verse five. God said to Joshua, no man will be able to stand up against you. This is awesome. And this is our God. And it is fantastic. It's a new season and it's a new day. Moses had to get the people from a position of stuck. And he had to to move them out of Egypt. And then Joshua carried that on. And he says, you'll move out from your positions and that will go and take possession of the land. And he says, but keep your eye on God, because you've never been this way before. The whole world has never been this way before. That's what makes this new season very profound, because every single person is in the same boat. But it's whether or not you can adapt to change. The dinosaurs died out because they couldn't adapt to the new environment. Churches die out, businesses die out, families die out because they cannot adapt to the new circumstances. And it's time for change. And the Bible says it's time. What time is it? They ask the prophets, and he'd say, It's time to seek the Lord. It's time to go and get God's thoughts on things. That's what I'm wanting to bring to you today. And um, Joshua, I said last week that Joshua didn't send out any spies. What I meant was, He did send spies, but he didn't send them publicly like Moses did. A big song and dance, he sent 12 people out. When they came back, two brought a good report, like, we can do this because God's called us to it. So therefore, we must be able to do it because God is with us. And 10 came back and said, well, it is a phenomenal thing. It's a phenomenal land full of opportunities, giant opportunities but with giant problems. And what about our children? And what about... And they came back with all the negatives and they brought fear into the camp. And people were dissuaded. And you know something? We only ever listen. We only ever hear about Joshua and Caleb, the two spies that brought back a good report. You never hear about the other 10. You don't even know their names. They're written in the Bible, but nobody's even interested. Why? Because they didn't have faith. They weren't, they weren't history makers. They were just fit in, settle down. And, and just just go with the flow, just not disturbing their world they lived in fear not in faith and you'll be surrounded by people like that and you've got to know how to how to overcome and to move away from from people like that in terms of their influence on your life you might still uh after hang around because your family or you you have to work together but they're no longer an influence on your life that's a difference last week we looked at the first point of of going to take possession of the land, going into the Promised Land. And let me put it another way: a land where you stand on God's promises. It's a land that's full of it's, it's full of adventure, opportunity, and we're moving from safe to scary. But that's where it is. Where is the fruit? Is it at the uh, the uh, near the trunk of the tree, or is it on the branches at the end of the tree? Yeah, the fruit is at the branches at the end of the tree. And you've got to climb, you've got to, you've got to negotiate. Can the branch take me weight? And the branch goes up and down that, but I've got to get that fruit. You're moving from safe to scary. And I want you today to make your mind up to say, I am done with safe. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna take possession of this land. And you know, allow God to fill you with His Holy Spirit and with boldness. But the first act of taking possession of the land was separation. And Joshua had to separate himself from an old way of thinking, by the old way he'd been trained by Moses. Moses, my servant is dead, God had to say to Joshua. He's gone. And that time and that generation have gone. There's just you. And I, you know, whenever you look at church history, you see all the greats of, of church history you you've 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 got St Patrick just been celebrating St Patrick what an amazing celtic uh evangelist that he was uh you've got the great apostle Paul and Barnabas and and Silas and all the people that following on from Jesus Peter the apostle and, and Jude and 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 all the others and then and then you've got uh um you know coming down through the dark ages you've got the monks and stuff that were spreading the gospel spreading the good news and then you get to to the Reformation, and you've got uh, Luther, and then uh, as he died, Calvin was being born, and then Calvin popularized what Luther was was spreading, and it was going all around Europe. It was absolutely amazing, exciting times—a return to biblical truth. And it's like um, then you've got the evangelists coming in—you uh, know, D.L. Moody, C.T. Stud, you know, missionaries. A new batch of missionaries going out from from uh, a man called Mordecai Ham. you will never heard of him. But if you're in the church world, you might have heard of Billy Graham. And Billy Graham was led to Christ in a tent meeting by Mordecai Hammer, a traveling preacher. And Billy Graham had spoken to more more human beings than any other human being that's ever lived, toe-to-toe, face-to-face. It's just amazing what what happened. And through these evangelists, the gospel came in. Uh, But do you know something? You've got John Wesley, who started the Methodist Church and, and transformed this nation. We have Education for Free. Up until that point, it was just for the rich people. When Wesley came and the Methodists, they they set up Sunday schools and and they taught people English and maths and and, and, and they set up schools so that they could be educated, the poor could be educated. How amazing was that in them days? It's not so amazing. Now it's more like a prison for for young kids. They don't want to go to school. But the point is, these men were raised, up, and there's loads of women. You don't often hear about the women, but loads of women down the centuries, that God has used. And and you know something? They're all dead. The one thing they have in common is they're all dead. I'm not feeling so good myself, but they're all dead. So we have to do what they did in their generation. We have to do in our generation now. And God is looking for Joshua's. This is a Joshua generation. And, you know, we've, we've heard about the past, but now we want to taste it. Now we want to see it. We don't want God to be just a good God. We want to experience his goodness. We want to experience the miracles. We want to see blind eyes open and the deaf hear, and and the lame walk and the leper cleansed and the AIDS uh, victims uh, healed and the the cancer patients healed and those that die being raised to life miraculously. Those who die too young being raised back to life. We want to see that because that's what Jesus said the gospel is. In fact, he said, go and do all these things, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead. And he said, and then start to preach and tell them the kingdom of God has arrived. I can't wait for all this. I've seen it. I've tasted this. And I want it more and more, not just in Africa where I go, but in England and in Europe, where science is the God of our kind of, uh, uh, well, science is, is really the, the, the overarching Dominant voice. If you can't, if it can't be proven in a, a a lab, a science lab, then it's not true. And I want to say, what can be proven in a science lab is true, but it's not the whole truth. There's a whole lot more, and God is a God of the miraculous. And so I want to be an alarm clock today, saying, "Get ready, get ready, get ready. You get ready. You have to prepare yourself. You know, it was a new day in Jesus' day." They'd waited for centuries of the Jews for the Messiah to come. And when he came, Jesus said this, what are you? He said, because you didn't recognize the time of my coming. You didn't recognize the time of the Messiah's coming. They would prayed for it. They begged God for it. They'd been looking forward to it. And when it came, they weren't ready because they they had wrong expectations. And they'd become cynical and they didn't have faith. So when Jesus came, he did everything that the Messiah was going to do, but they didn't recognise he's coming. I want to be a people that recognise a move of the Holy Spirit and he wants to take hold of our lives. And I want this movement global to go right the way through Europe. The toughest place on planet Earth, I think, is Europe and right around the world. There's no reason why it shouldn't. And I'm looking for people to come and stand with me. Let me go to a reading. Joshua chapter two. Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from uh, Shittim. That's an unfortunate word. Go look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab. Now you've heard uh, people talk about having, I've got friends in high places. Joshua had friends in low places. <laughs> and uh, she wasn't Joshua's friend, but she became Joshua's friend. Um but she was a prostitute uh, in Jericho. The king of Jericho was told, look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab. Bring out the men who came to you and entered your house because they have come to spy out the whole land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. She said, yes, the men came to me, but I did not know uh, where they had come from at dusk. When it was time to close the city gate, the men left. I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly. You may catch them up. But she had hidden them up. Sorry, she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them. Under the stalks of flax she had laid on the roof. You know, flax was like a cotton fibre that they grew. It's still being grown today. And uh, you couldn't work in the fields and collect and gather flax. And be a prostitute. You'd be too tired. There's something has gone on in this woman's life, she used to be a prostitute, but she'd heard some old news that God's people were on the march. And she said, the fear of you Israelites has come upon us and God's going to give you victory. Listen to it. So the men set out in pursuit of the spies on the road that leads to the fords of the Jordan. And as soon as the pursuers had gone gone out, the gate was shut. Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given this land to you and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to Sion and Og. The two kings of the Amorites, east of the Jordan, they were like giants, these two men. They were like the punk rockers of the day, Sion and Og. Everybody feared them. But you know, the, the Israelites overcame Sion and Og and their armies. They were completely bigger than them, but God was with Israel. And it says, you completely destroyed them. When we heard of it, our hearts sank and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above. And on earth below. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and that you will save us from death. Verse 14 of Joshua chapter 2 Our lives for your lives, the men answered her, assured her. If you don't tell what we are doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us the land, this land. And so she let, uh, uh, she let them down by a rope through the window, for the house she lived in was part of the city wall. And she said, go to the hills, and eventually they made their escape. Joshua sent two spies, not 12, and he sent them secretly, not publicly. Nehemiah copied him. Nehemiah, when the walls were broken down in Jerusalem, he came and he got some men and he, he, they walked around the, the city walls at night when nobody was there. And he kept the vision, the idea to himself. And I want to say, when you go into your new season and you get ideas, you, you see the opportunities, be careful who you share them with because not everybody's going to turn around and say, that is amazing. You know, we can't even get our heads around garlic bread in this country. Remember Peter Kay? Garlic bread. Garlic and bread. It's like, how weird was garlic bread when you first tasted it? And then it became, like, cool or whatever, and, and everybody wanted to look a bit sophisticated, so we all forced ourselves to love it. <laughs> and then, you know, cheesecake. Whatever happened to rice pudding or, or apple pie and, and cream? No, no, no. Cheesecake. How strange was cheesecake for us? So, you know, people are going to hear that and they're going to react like garlic bread, cheesecake, a cake of cheese. They're going to react cynically like, how absurd, how ridiculous. So be careful who you share it with. I want to, uh, I want to move on. My second point, last week was separation. This week, I want to have a look at confirmation. Moses was awesome in his day, but Moses is dead. In church history, there's been many awesome people, but they're dead. Now it's down to Joshua. Now it's down to us. And number two, I want to look at confirmation. If the first act of taking possession of the land is separation from the old way of thinking, the old lifestyle, then the the, the second movement is confirmation. You are my choice. In other words, God's stamp of approval comes on your life. It happens when you become a Christian. How do you receive God's stamp of approval? You receive it when you receive the Holy Spirit. Becoming a Christian, entering into the kingdom of heaven is a better phrase rather than becoming a Christian. Entering the kingdom of heaven. You do that by changing your thinking by stop thinking in the old ways, like God doesn't exist and he's got no right to my life and he's no relevance to my life. You change that and you do an about turn and you repent and you turn from your sins, from the way that you used to live and you ask God to forgive you. You recognize that you've not been living right. You've not been living his way. And as you turn, you trust that when Jesus died on the cross, he died to bear your sins to pay the price for your sins. he was a ransom for many. And you believe that, and you believe that he died on the cross, that he was buried in the tomb, and then three days later, God raised him from the dead, and he offers eternal life, and you're receiving it. The next movement is being baptised in water, dunked under the water, dunked into the sea. That's where we do a lot of our baptism, in the sea. You go right under the water, and you're buried with Christ. Your old past life is buried. And then you're raised up to a new life. And it's the faith that you bring to your repentance. That there's a conviction that you're actually being honest, but sometimes for the first time in your life, completely honest with yourself. And you're turning. And God's watching and he's seeing your heart. And he sees that you're having faith. And he sees that when you get baptized in, in water, that you're believing God. I want to deal with my past. I want to get rid of my past. All the demons of my past, all the mental challenge, mental illness that I've had, mental health challenges, gone, all the sickness that I've been going through. It's buried in the past, and you come up to it. and its power's broken on your life, and you come up to a new life. And then you receive the Holy Spirit. And God only gives the Holy Spirit to people who is confirming that he's accepted the repentance, the faith in his son and the baptism. And he's saying, I'll give you my seal of approval. And the Bible says we are sealed by the Holy Spirit and people speak in another language uh, when when they're filled with the Spirit. Sometimes they're they're free to start talking about God and, and what God's like speaking his word. There's a freedom that comes into their life, but it's noticeable most in most of the gifts of the spirit, a lot of the gifts of the spirit, I should say, are about speaking, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, uh, the 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 gift to teach, but it's it's about gift to preach. But speaking God's word and there's a release, and and, and, and men need this. Women are, are, are wired differently than us, and often are far better at this. But even they need empowering by the spirit. But us as men, we as men. Need the Holy Spirit to free us and liberate us so that we can start to speak and to speak up and to say what we think and to, to be convicted about what we think. And so God's seal of approval came upon you and me when we received the Holy Spirit. If you've not received the Holy Spirit, then ask him. And you know, the the Father and His Son Jesus, they're the ones that that baptize with the Holy Spirit. We just say, Lord, I want I want to be filled with your Holy Spirit and and uh, allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life. It's marvellous. And with the Holy Spirit comes assurance. In fact, the first thing to, to leave you when you sin as a believer is assurance. And that's why we come back to God and we're like, God, I want to follow you. I'm not speaking to anybody this morning. If you're lacking in assurance, you come back. And and when you ask for forgiveness, then the Holy Spirit Lands again, it's not that it leaves your life, it just becomes um, ineffective in your life. That's why the Bible says, Don't grieve the Holy Spirit, don't quench the Holy Spirit, because it, it becomes ineffective in your life, and you and you don't stop you being a Christian, but you're ineffective. And so, we need all four of them things. But God puts an assurance uh, uh, in your life seal of approval, and so, confirmation for Joshua was his seal of approval. He needed this second stage of preparation. And uh, God had established the separation from the old way of doing things. Moses was dead and he confirmed that to Joshua. And now he confirms Joshua as a leader. And he says, it's you that I'm calling to lead my people. And maybe today the new thing for you is to lead God's people. It's not about career for you. It's not about... Uh, uh, anything else, it's about leaving God's people, there's a calling on your life, not everybody can do it you can't just choose to do it you can offer to do it but the, we go through a process of testing somebody's calling and Joshua had gone through that with Moses and uh, people knew that he was the next man in I said last week that Moses had laid hands on Joshua and he received the spirit of wisdom which is the Holy Spirit And uh, he was confirmed as the next leader. God wanted Joshua to know that he was the man who could do anything. (laughs) He said, as I was with Moses, a man who could do anything, who could conquer a nation with a plague of frogs. Who would have thought of that one? A plague of gnats like flies, you know, rivers turning to blood. It's like these are God's weapons of mass destruction. You know, they don't look. You know, you look at a frog, what can a frog do? Not a lot, but what can a billion frogs do? And uh, they affected a nation. Moses could do anything. And God wanted Joshua to know, you can do anything too. He wanted him to know that no man could stand up against you. God said to him, don't be discouraged. Don't be afraid. You will lead these people to go and possess the land. I I, want to be a Joshua. I want you that are called to be Joshua's. Uh, in church to be Joshua's in church, but I want you who are called to be Joshua's in business and in your careers to be Joshua's. Be the one that takes people into the good things of God, into the new the the the, the new spheres of opportunity that life is opening up to us right here, right now, because we've been caught in a, a pandemic and all things are changing for us. These words confirm Joshua's leadership. God gave Joshua the stamp of approval. You know, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. God made it clear he was with Joshua. Not less than Moses, not almost as much as he was with Moses, but just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. So therefore, powerful miracles will come through you, Joshua stick close and have that intimate relationship with God where you know his thoughts and his mind, then you'll know God's ways. And that's a message uh, for us. Isaiah 55 is a great prophetic message to us. My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my thoughts are higher than your thoughts and my ways your thoughts. The beginning of the chapter, God says, give careful thoughts to your ways. It says it throughout Agai, the prophet, give careful thought to your ways. Come on, we're called out of this world and this world system. We're called to live in it, but not be of it. And we're called to live by God's ways and God's standards. The Joshua generation needed to know that God was with them because they would meet obstacles like a flooded Jordan River that they were going to have to cross on foot. And a closed down Jericho with with walls as thick as thirty to ninety feet in different places it's like this is incredible odds against them so they needed to know that God was with them many leaders whether the church leaders or leaders in business they need praise or approval of those around them the Joshua generation don't need that they can smell the promised land and they know that it is more frightening and dangerous to miss out on what God's got for you than it is to, for people to disagree with them or say, I don't, I, I don't think you're right or whatever. Many people in church are addicted to people's approval, especially those that you respect and admire. Not just, that's not limited to people of the church. There's probably somebody that's listening this morning. You're not a churchgoer, but you understand a, a approval addiction. It's awful. It's soul-destroying. It leads to despair. And you can be free from it in Jesus. It's beautiful. But some of these good people who resist your progress, and they are good people, that's what plays with your mind. Good people disagree with what you're about to do. I'm going to change my job. I'm going to change my career. I'm going to start a new business. They're going, oh, be careful. No, 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 why be be careful? (laughs) It's like, what does careful ever do for you? No, this world is won by people who will step out in faith. Jesus never told us to be careful. He told us to be people of faith. You must know deep down inside and you must have settled the matter in your heart that God is with you and that you've got ideas. He said, I don't know that it's God. I don't know it's me. Keep praying and keep going. Say to God, stop me. That's my favorite prayer. I'm going for this. I've thought about it. I've prayed to you. I don't really know. I don't get anything except it's still there. So I'm going to go for it. Stop me. And when the first obstacle comes, I never stop. I go crashing through it until God absolutely shuts that door in my face. And I think, okay, I get the message. And there's better ways of doing it. And as you the longer you go as a Christian, you can be led by the Spirit. But you have to learn that. That takes time. That doesn't happen overnight. Nobody can lay hands on you for that. You have to learn the way of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's got to lead you. And the Bible says, keep in step with the Spirit. And my kind of personality, you know, causes God, it's you know, I felt like the Holy Spirit said to me one day, stop trying to do what I'm not doing. And Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father doing. And the Holy Spirit had to say to me, I'm not doing that. God's not doing that, so don't do it. Awkward. Joe, you know, it's great when God corrects you because you feel refreshed. You never feel put down. You feel refreshed and you think, well, I'm glad I've heard you. Let's get going. You must know and have settled it deep in your heart that God has called you. And you must keep, meet, keep moving because you're going to meet people who are just like you and they're, they're going to be part of your journey, new people. God wants to confirm us in what we're doing. His stamp of approval on us and then his stamp of approval on what we're doing. If all this sounds divisive to you, it is revelation from God, both unites and divides people. It it attracts and repulses at the same time. And the revelation of the future that you have, uh, that you cannot let go of, because you know that you've settled it deep in your heart, but you know what? You've got to decide, am I going to live in my past? And try and please all these people from a previous generation, or am I going to move forward and seize the day? I've run out of time, but um, I want to say that every week we give people an opportunity to get to know the greater, the greater Joshua. Joshua means God saves. Jesus means God saves us from our sins. The angel said to Mary, you'll call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And uh, we need, Freeing from our sins. We're stuck in our sins. And Jesus, the greater Moses, comes and sets us free from our stuckness. And he liberates us from our sin. And uh, he restores our relationship back to the Heavenly Father. And now we experience life in all its fullness. Not just in heaven when we die, but life on earth. And so if today you're saying, I want this eternal life. I want God living on my on the inside of me. I want him inspiring me, giving me wisdom, leading my life. If that's you today, you can say this simple prayer. Commit your life to God. Turn from your old ways and turn to God. You might even be a nice person, a good person. But you've still got to turn from your old ways because there's a lot of motives within being a good person. You've got to understand there was no other good enough to pay the price of sin. He only could unlock the gate of heaven and let us in. It's an old him, but you're not good enough for heaven. Jesus qualifies us for heaven as we believe in him. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for coming to earth and showing us what the Father is like. Thank you for dying on the cross to pay the price for my sin. I turn from everything that I know to be sinful and I open the door of my heart to you. And I say, please send your Holy Spirit into me. And give me the assurance that I'm forgiven. And give me the power to change and follow you every day. Amen. If you've said that prayer, please get in touch. And then we can send you some follow-up materials. But also, if you're out there and you're saying, this sounds like my kind of church, I want to say get on board because we, we want to plant churches all over the world. We want to get you ready to plant a church in your city. And we can do that now by Zoom or whatever it is that we have to do it by. Let's get you ready. Let's get people trained up, ready to go and start this, this movement of church planting. And uh, more than that, church building. We start with the initial church plant, but we need people that are going to stay and build and build families and build young people into strong people. So anyway, I've said enough. I'll finish there. Thank you for joining us. We don't take it for granted. We appreciate it. But keep watching. And keep flowing with us. See you later. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website.